Convention Committee, I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, that she wouldn't even harm a fly. What's up, everybody? You're listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we're very excited to be back with you for another week of Chicago film conversation. Tom, how the hell are you? Uh, Not too bad. (laughs) And we're back. And we're back. Uh, Careful with that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we we had a pretty great week. Uh, I I got to go to the Cinepocalypse Film Festival over at the Music Box, which was rad. Super rad. Yeah, what'd you see? um, I specifically went to go see Joe Bob Briggs. I the- thought you were going to say Joe Biden for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were you at a that's how you barbecue? Know, that's how you know it's the apocalypse. Is that <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe Biden is appearing at the music box? And we're like, oh, what's this guy? <laughs> uh, but no, for those those of you, many of you know who Joe Bob Briggs is. He is the horror host with the most. Uh, started way back in i want to say in the late 80s writing about drive-in movies and uh that was for i want to say the dallas star he had a column joe bob's drive-in and then he moved on to hosting a television show uh in the late 90s called monster vision on tnt which was a legendary show is the shirt that you're wearing yeah you have him he's peeking over the monitor at me (laughs) He's like trying yeah. to show me the world or something. Yeah, he's uh well, this is his new show cuz after Monster Vision ended, um he was, you know, kind of just doing his thing and then Shutter, the streaming service, one of our favorite streaming services, um all said let's do all the time. Exactly. They wanted to do a 24-hour horror marathon with Joe Bob as uh, the host, and they called it The Last Drive-In, and it was straight up 24 hours of uh, genre and horror movies, and it did so well, it actually crashed not just the servers for Shudder, but the servers for uh, the Sundance like streaming service really which yeah because it's shutter is owned by amc and i guess sundance the channel is also owned by amc networks so he's so, enjoying some late career success very much show. so yeah they did two more marathons one for thanksgiving one for christmas and then uh they just gave him his own they're just like we're, we're just gonna make this a show that's so, awesome so now it's the last drive-in is a is a regular show that just wrapped up its first season not too long ago renewed for a second season great and, you, and have you been watching it pretty regularly yeah and i've really been enjoying it joe bob's great he's I mean, I watched him as a very young kid on TNT when he still did Monster Vision, and that was a, a huge show for me. And I had the opportunity to actually meet him, and he's he's a great guy, totally regular dude. Um, the the presentation he did at Cinepocalypse was called How Redneck Saved Hollywood, <laughs> and he just talked for two and a half hours, basically, wi- without missing a step. He was he was amazing, and he he did all this research and history, and the guy knows so much about movies that it was just a thrill to listen to it's great to see that these things that we these people that we grew up watching kind of as a as one-offs you know we didn't we not something that you seek out you know something that you just catch flipping through the tube or whatever yeah. it's great to see that these people are not only still around but the interest is so is still there for these kinds of movies that they love oh 100 percent. and um you know it's it was it was one of those introductions to kind of the 
underground world of things i would put that up there with like discovering space ghost coast to coast yeah on tv i was like oh man this is what comedy can be like this is how weird television can be and then for for joe bob it was like wow this is how crazy movies can be and how entertaining and fun they can be yeah it's it's straight it's not one of those things that grabs you immediately you know like a comedy or something necessarily but it's something that it's like there's something about this and i don't know exactly how to put my finger on what it is that makes me want to keep watching it Mm -hmm. all i know is i want to keep watching it yeah and really really great show that he put on so thank you joe bob thanks for taking the time um speaking of crazy movies yeah <laughs> uh you watch shin godzilla i lent you my copy of shin godzilla yes i watched it twice back like i watched it two times over the course of two days so mm-hmm. so once a day and so the first one you watched with the uh, subtitles with the japanese subtitles, japanese subtitles. yep uh, the subbed version, and then the second day, I I loved it. By the way, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's the best Godzilla movie I've probably ever seen. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Godzilla movies. Have you seen the original? Yeah, I saw the well, not not the like nineteen forties one, not or the nineteen fifty four one, not the nineteen fifty four one. I have seen Godzilla two thousand. <laughs> Godzilla two thousand. I saw the remake with Brian Cranston and that one meathead guy. Aaron, oh, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. kickass. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge fan, um, but. And then I, I am now kind of interested in seeing the new one, uh, King of the Monsters. It's really I, I really enjoyed it, but that's because I've been a Godzilla person pretty much my whole life. But the thing with monster, I've never like been around monster movies. I never knew mm-hmm. where to find them. You know, I just I there is something about how pulpy they are and like comic booky that's just fun, fun to watch. Yeah. You know exactly what you're in for. And I think sometimes people have a fundamental... I talked about this a couple episodes ago with uh, Matt Cipolla. I think sometimes... Because he did not like the new Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters. He, sure. didn't, he didn't like it. Uh, which is fine. A no. lot of people didn't like it all that much. But no. at the same time, I feel like a lot of people have a very poor understanding of the monster movie genre. Especially kaiju movies uh, as, a, as a specific regional subset. Okay. Uh, because they're there was a lot of harping on like the focus on or like, like the human characters and stuff are like totally one note. Their motivations are totally stupid. Like that and don't make any sense. And yeah, it's, it's like this, that. Yeah, it's very pulpy. And you know, people complained about that and I honestly, and, and there's nothing wrong with complaining about that. There's nothing wrong with asking for more out of your entertainment. Sure. On the same token, you go back. I, I have a box set of of 13 godzilla movies ranging from about the 80s to to uh the early 2000s uh and like they're bonkers like the the human element the best there are some of them that are really great and the human element is actually is legitimately interesting okay and they're well written and they're they skew towards allegory and all that kind of stuff more like the original godzilla a lot like shin godzilla yeah which is like going back to the godzilla's roots as allegory for something in a lot in, of ways and we'll talk about that in a sec but yeah uh mostly something atomic you know the original was a response to the national uh tragedy that people Hiroshima were for Hiroshima. yeah exactly so those are the better ones but you've also got ones that are just completely ridiculous yeah. and uh like one of my favorites even though a lot of people rail on this one because it's incomprehensible at times <laughs> uh the one it's 1991's godzilla versus king ghidra oh yeah it's so yeah you like king ghidra right dude, i love king ghidra's my boy <laughs> i love king ghidra uh my my favorite mc uh my favorite mf doom spinoff king yeah. <laughs> um 
but I will say this. I, I, I feel like it's strange if people, you know, when it comes to months, like you said, it's not, there's nothing wrong with wanting more out of your entertainment. But at the same time, when it comes to something like monster movies, I feel as though you're swimming in a certain pool and you shouldn't be upset if there's not much of a deep end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so you really enjoyed Shingo. I, I did, and I would really recommend, uh, I think that it's really cool watching something in the subversion in its native language, the way it was intended to be written, and mm-hmm. then revisiting it with the English voiceover, because you kind of get a, get a feel for how they're shortening their sentences to make sure that it fit and sort of matches up with the people's words, but I, I am a somewhat avid consumer of... Uh, of anime Mm -hmm. and so i recognized a lot of people's voices in this movie from like full metal alchemist brotherhood there were like two characters yeah that i recognized in it um and the kind of other anime connection is the guy who directed this movie made uh neon genesis evangelion yeah which is one of the most popular anime shows of all time yeah and it i mean the guys the director clearly has a good mastery of the camera despite the fact that he's working with um live actors at this point but you know who better to do it than someone who understands how to use uh not not real elements you know like obviously godzilla in this one is not a person in a rubber suit because that's of days gone by right Uh, it does look like it does evoke i kind of feel like this the older monster movies though where it it looks like a model like just that's just sort of being carted through this miniature city Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it looks like that but they dress it up and there's these really trippy like visual effects that happen Mm -hmm. in its skin when it's molting and stuff yeah the uh the the i particularly enjoy i think my favorite moment of the entire movie is the atomic blast the atomic breath scene. the first one yeah yeah it's amazing yeah it's just like it's a it's glorious destruction which all godzilla movies really should be um and i like the 2014 godzilla a lot of people don't like it i think it's pretty i think it's quite good but i i also recognize that it is very much not a traditional godzilla movie insofar as you don't it's not really you don't see a lot of godzilla Right. It's very it's very limited in a sense. It's the it's for the reveal. But when you showed me this movie, you pitched it say, saying it's the best Godzilla scenes that you've ever seen, and it's also sort of buttressed around this political comedy that shows the bureaucracy <laughs> of Japanese society. Yeah, and that's exactly good. what it is. That's exactly right. Very heavy metal movie. Very heavy metal movie. Very, it's which, tragic. It's fun. It's a little tongue in cheek at times. Yeah, it's very heavy metal, which brings us to uh, the main event here. The the uh, our guest today. Uh, let me. I'm just going to play a little bit of intro music uh, because I think it's it's very apropos. yeah little king diamond love king diamond uh it sounds like mastodon when they're like doing their joke voices on uh hunger force hey man be cool be cool that is that's cool as shit that's as cool as it gets all right joining us today uh we are so lucky to be chatting with chris larkin from heavy metal movie night or sorry just metal movie nights metal movie nights uh it is a screening series that happens at the Music Box. Uh, there's one. There's a screening tonight uh, at the Music Box. It's uh, going to be Highway to Hell. 
which is a very metal title. Highway to hell. It's a fascinating. I have never heard of this. Chris was telling us a little bit beforehand about it, yeah. but we're going to get deep into it. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where are you from, man? Uh, I live in Blue Island. Blue I'm Island. a Southside guy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> always. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> always been out there. Um, kind of started the movies out there uh, originally, um, bouncing around from different venue to venue. Mm-hmm. But uh, you wound up at the Music Box recently. Uh, we got our second one tonight, so should be pretty good. You said that you earlier. You said when we were talking that you refurbished an old movie theater, and this was kind of when you. How long ago was that? That was about seven years ago. Okay. Um, old Lyric Theater in Blue Island uh, had been sitting, or had been being used for church purposes and all other type of things for probably about. I think the last movie they said that they showed there was Dragnet. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, so, is that uh, the Tom Hanks, uh, Dan Aykroyd? Oh my God! Yeah. So, wow. so you had, so you you heard that, and you're like, okay, we need to get something going something, in here. Yeah. yeah. So um, rehab that for about mm, four months, just to get it to the point where it could still show movies again. Bought a projector, fixed up whatever holes were in the screen. You know, just old school Went DIY. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, did some. Uh, did some revival style movies there night of living dead um psycho uh uh, did kingpin and big lebowski double feature with bowling afterwards for free you know um would you consider yourself a horror cult movie fan yes i would uh i also like the weird sci-fi and all that i I like weird you know yeah okay which you know leads us to the uh highway to hell screening for tonight absolutely i don't know if many movies get weirder than that it's Talk a little bit about it. What's the what's the premise of this movie? Sure, because um, it makes me it makes me think of ACDC just to meet right yeah. off the bat. No, it is a. Uh, I remember watching it from late night HBO. Um, you know, early nineties. Probably <laughs> okay. went straight from you know its very dismal run at the box office to HBO pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. What, what are the figures on that? Yeah, again? Uh, nine million dollar budget and twenty six thousand uh, dollars in the box office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, oh boy. so the money that's kind of being made from screening this, it's kind of like contributing to its yeah. legacy in a big way. Maybe after tonight we can give them a few extra hundred bucks to <laughs> Yeah, yeah absolutely. So this uh, is a this is a movie that features uh Ben Stiller yes. and his family. Correct. Uh including Mr. Mr. Costanza himself, yes. Jerry Stiller. Yes. <laughs> uh what's the plot of this movie? What is Highway to Hell about? Well, it is about to i guess they're supposed to be teenagers i never really got that point but uh it's uh christy swanson and chad lowe are gonna run away in a lope together but somewhere on one of these back roads of the desert helicop pulls them over and brings christy swanson to hell for satan uh, <laughs> and then chad lowe has to then go chase after her and find out how to get to hell and then you know find his girl down in hell yeah is just, it like a comedic dante's inferno kind of thing yes definitely it's tongue-in-cheek you know lita ford's in it um it's just a weird it's a very you know it, it's 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 alice in wonderland you know it's mm-hmm. this crazy uh fight to try to find his girlfriend through all these you know different obstacles and people that he meets in hell and uh, hell cop who has his girlfriend and spring her to satan uh, oh man 
a, a, a metal a metal movie through and through. Yeah, especially, yeah. especially with Lita Ford in it. That's yeah. pretty incredible that they got Lita Ford to be in this movie. Right. Yeah, she's in there for about uh, fifteen seconds, but she's okay. there. Yeah, she's there. And uh, Ben Stiller and the whole family's in there for in a couple roles as well. Yeah, uh, Ben Stiller plays a uh, cook at the diner in Hell. He also plays, uh, I believe, Genghis Khan, and then. Uh, Let's see. His dad is a another cop. His mom is in the movie. She's also a waitress at the diner. And his sister plays Cleopatra later in the film as well. Incredible. Full family affair. Uh, I've always been curious with, when it comes to putting together something like Metal Movie Nights, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who try to do screenings around the city. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. You don't just pop in a DVD and invite all your friends over on Facebook at, at your local theater. There's a lot of, uh, you have to procure the actual rights to screen. You have to find funding to actually get into the, the theater. So tell us a little bit about how you brought metal movie nights together as a, as a series. Yeah. Um, the smaller screenings, the DIY screenings that I've been doing at, you know, my friends' breweries in Blue Island or bars or that old theater um, was fun, uh, and I still plan on doing them in the future, but it just was kind of the beginning of this kind of little bit of a, you know, idea that I had in the back of my mind how to kind of bring it all together as a party, you know, and kind of hang out a little bit, you know, you're not getting people off the street too much to go like hey honey you know hey what the hell's playing tonight let's just you know hey remember that movie from 1992 that nobody went and saw (laughs) it's a dream date night yeah we should all go um so you're gonna if you do decide to go to a movie like this you're gonna be around like-minded people and why not hang out for a little bit while you're doing it so you know uh we i added the aspect of my friend greg uh djing um we get the lounge at the music box for two hours ahead of time, so we can all hang out, talk about the movies, you know, listen to some music. You know, I happen to like metal music. <laughs> you uh, say. Yeah, but I like all types of music, but metal seems to go really well with this, um, and uh, it it just kind of pulls it all together. Um, previously, with the smaller screenings, I would have to call and get the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to secure them for twenty four hours. Um, and that, that way you can legally promote, do all that type of stuff. Um, I have equipment left over from the old Lyric building that I purchased for that screening series. Um, so I've got a projector that I would set up in the rafters of the you know warehouse or wherever we were doing the movie. And mm-hmm. um, But luckily, um, I had friends that uh, knew someone at Music Box and kind of contacted them. And, you know, just because somebody shows up at Music Box asking, hey, can I uh, show some movies here? You know, it's not always going to happen yeah. but i think showing them the things that i'd done previously and that i was serious um uh they said yeah sure go ahead give it a try you know so it, it sounds like you really plan an event around these these movies and have been doing it for quite some time yeah what's the what motivates you to create an event around screening these things oh uh, loneliness loneliness <laughs> <laughs> that's brutally honest yeah. making forcing people to hang out with me well it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like there's a whole community here you know there's a community i'm trying to get it more and more i mean like there's just people out there that i know that would be into this like that's my like you were asking what you know why well because um i've you know i'm a lazy person at times and it's got to be a cool event to make me get off the couch. Like you've got to, it can't just be like, yeah, there's a midnight movie to, you know, you know, up in the city and yeah, you know, maybe you can get off your couch and you're not going to get back home to like two thirty three in the morning. Right. It's like, awesome. Great. Awesome. But 
you could be like, hey, you know what? Also, is going to happen there. There's going to be an awesome DJ. People are going to be hanging out for a couple hours ahead of time. You know, we got Three Floyd's beers. Three Floyd's is sponsoring the event. Really? Um, yeah. So we, you know, we have all that. It, it makes it more of a party, more of a hangout environment than just like kind of making your way to a theater and kind of you know just right and and because the thing is is well you know living in 2019 a lot of these cult movies are finally getting uh home releases yep. you know through companies like shout factory Arrow video uh i know synapse um there's there's a million i mean we we should call jason kaufman that guy's the king oh, of yeah. knowing where to find the most obscure stuff but yeah. You know, it's the the availability of these of these movies uh, makes it easy to just be like, well, I'll just order it on Amazon, right. get a six yeah. pack, and my buddies will come over, and that's pretty much it. I really enjoy the fact exactly. that this is a it's a full night. Yeah, it's a full night. And for a self described lazy man, you yes. really seem to be pulling out all of the stops for yes. this. Sponsored by yeah. three Floyds. You're, you're you? at the Music yeah. Box, the best city in the or the best city in Chicago, <laughs> the best music theater, movie theater in Chicago. Yeah. So when it, I wanted to ask about the Three Floyd sponsorship, I mean they're they're theming around all of their their beers and all their products is right. very heavy metal, zombie dust, yeah. uh, Apex or not? They're not Apex, where they're, uh, they're Alpha a- King, Amber Gumballhead, smashed, Amber Smashed Face. That's uh, yeah, Cannibal oh Corpse God. beer. You know they've got a Cannibal Corpse beer. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. My God, that's so a good song. How did how did you pitch it to them? Just like, hey man, I'm a, I'm showing some wild shit at the music box. I'll bet yeah, that's well, what he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Were you on the line with us? Um, no, I uh, actually Greg, the guy that DJs Metal Vinyl Weekend. Um, he's always worked for Three Floyds. He's actually an employee there, so it was a little easy to help. Um, you know, I, they could have easily told him or us to like, you know, get bent. You know, like. <laughs> Like, hey, we're we're gonna show some weird movies at Music Box, and they could have been like, sweet, cool. See you guys on Monday. Yeah, hey, Greg, I'll see you on Monday at work. Yeah, <laughs> but they were like, all right, you know, sounds cool. Um, and then once we got uh, Music Box okay to say, you know, yep, come on in, uh, it, it helped you know grease the wheels a little bit to get them there. But it has to be an event that they're willing to put their name on. You mm-hmm. know, it can't just be like, you know, I'm gonna show, um, you know. Who knows what you know? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put on whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's gotta gotta be some intention. Gotta be something to it. Or even if it was just me without the idea of the music and stuff like that. Like I'm gonna show weird movies. Hey, good, good job, buddy. Yeah, you and everybody else get in line. You know. Um, one one of the more important details that we I kind of overlooked here. How often uh, do you guys do the events? Uh, I'm I'm hoping to get them at Music Box every other month. Mm -hmm. uh, For now, I'm also. I would like to do some more of the DIY stuff like I used to do. Right. Just smaller ones where I get the rights and kind of, you know, uh, yeah, little pop-up events. You know? Yeah. I'd like Music Box to be the, the home base for the big, because, you know, they can do the 35 millimeter prints. They can get, you know, they handle all that stuff that I can't, can't when I'm doing my, yeah. you know, warehouse shows or bar shows. They get stuff I can't even believe. No. Like, I remember, I want to say it was last year at Cinepocalypse, they had a 70 millimeter print of The Thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's shocking that they can track that. And now it was in it was in rough shape, uh, as, yeah. as one might imagine, but people, it's still a thrilling opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I, we're, we're in talks, possibly, for the next uh, event to be in a 35 millimeter print. That's uh, excellent. Wow. You know, there's a couple of movies that we were talking about, bouncing around. One's Legend. 
know? So. <laughs> Hold on. The yeah. Tom Cruise? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I thought you I thought you were just like saying one of them is a legendary no, movie. No, more legend. is going to come. It's, I mean, legend. it's legend. Prince of Dark. I mean, you know, you got uh, Tim Curry in there, Prince of Darkness. 75 I mean, millimeter yeah. Prince of Darkness. Doesn't really get any more metal than him walking around with those big old black horns and stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's a, he's the best part of that movie. It's right. a, it, That is a rough. Have you ever seen Legend, Connor? Legend? Yeah. I just am thinking of Will Smith and a dog. That's yeah, no, that's I am. I know. I know. Uh, oh, Le- I know. Legend is Ridley Scott's. <laughs> kind of uh fantasy masterpiece Interesting. Quote unquote. Yeah. what year was it 85 oh, okay. maybe yeah he was really six? trying to capitalize on the on the tom cruise thing at the yeah. time and tom cruise is finally revealing himself as satan no no <laughs> uh, as a little nymph oh yeah okay. he's, that's, he's even, that's cute boy. that's yeah. cuter uh I, but one of the big things to come out of that movie probably the most important thing to come out of legend was uh the shots of unicorns the stock footage of like unicorns which were later edited into blade runner the director's cut what yeah you, oh yeah like, the unicorn the whole unicorn yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. all those shots of the unicorn not in the original cut of blade runner i don't they, know if they I've, were from legend and he and he just put them in because he wanted the unicorn motif to be know, i don't know if i've ever seen the director's cut of blade runner are you wait what i don't know if i have you've wait so okay how many cuts of Blade Runner are there? There's like there's, four. There's, I want to say there's four. Yeah, because there's and, the final cut. And I know someone. I know there's a a, a Blade Runner fanatic out there that's going to chew me you out for do, this. You got to do the director's there's, cut. Dude. There's a theatrical version, which is like a compromised first. Draft. It's very compromised. Would you, would you say? Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got this voiceover that Harrison Ford never yeah. wanted to do. Like he you just can sounds even, like a curmudgeon while he's yeah, doing he's, it. He's really <laughs> pissed off that it's happening because he. I mean, Harrison Ford liked being in blade runner yeah. as far as i can tell he, he it was always a great movie yeah he came back to do the sequel so you probably saw something in it um but they called him back in to do all this stuff the they made them give a happy ending using footage from the shining of all movies at the very end like what? of just yeah of just like trees and shit it was just like stock footage from the shining the uh, or footage that they just shot for the shining the opening of the shining that they just never used um yeah it's a very different movie and then you've got the director's cut which came out quite a while later. I've heard. Um, I think that that is the one, right? Well, there's that, and that that was. I believe that was screened by accident, if if I'm not mistaken. But it was screened at like Cannes or something. It was screened somewhere big that people were like, "Wait, this isn't regular Blade Runner. This is different." Um, and then I think there's a there's European, the final there, cut. There's always a European cut right. somewhere in there that's always different. And then there's the final cut, which came out in 2007. Yeah, which I heard is not that great or something. I, I mean, it's the, it's pretty much the end all. It, it's mostly got like color correction and stuff, and they it's mostly tweaking. But it's it's basically the director's cut, but color corrected. Is the unicorn shit in it? Yeah, it's totally in it. Damn, all that shit's in it. Well, maybe I'm, I'm just final cuts. It. Final cuts is the is the one man. Okay, maybe it's the theatrical version that I'm thinking of. Or, anyway, anyway, uh, back to heavy metal movies. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm very curious, uh, Chris. What what makes a heavy metal movie? Oh, obviously, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be the presence of heavy metal music or a heavy metal like theming. But what to you makes a heavy metal movie night? Well, heavy metal movie night compared to heavy metal movie, um, I guess the the movies themselves. It's not really, you know, like I said, we'd go anywhere from, with our last showing was, uh, screening was Deathgasm. 
Oh, I love Deathgasm. Yeah, yeah. That's a great pick. You know, now we got Highway to Hell, which they're completely different. You know, totally. Um, I think it's just kind of the atmosphere. If they're fun, um, you know, I mean, we're still trying to figure some of it out. You know, how brutal we want to go. You know, we're sure. going to show martyrs every week, or you know, oh, or, or who knows what. Um, it's more the atmosphere and that it's fun and that uh, you can hang out and talk about movies or talk to people about it while the, you know Greg's playing you know some cool old metal in the lounge we just kind of take it over you know it's kind of a party aspect hangout i do love that um, um when it know. comes to, when it comes to greg uh it, is does he have a certain metal proclivity is he more of a thrash guy or maybe doom or is he going for, for yes, all he, of it he's all over the place you know yeah. um he gets uh, about almost a solid two hours to kind of do what he wants to do nice. we start at 10 um the party started 10 and the uh, screenings are at midnight so we're in the lounge, you know. Yeah. So it's it's more just the atmosphere of what it is. I love that. Uh, I did have to question Legend, though. I did. I, that's why. It, that's why it was not uh, shown this time. Was because no. I was like, man, is it metal enough? And, I mean, there's the uh, sword if sorcery. Ask, if you have to ask. Yeah, I know. That's true. If I had to question it, like obviously a movie called Highway to Hell, I'm like, all right, that's pretty metal. Yeah. yeah. A movie yeah. called Deathgasm. Uh, that's super metal. If you had to pair a record with this movie, what would you what would you choose? Oh, I mean, you're not And DJing, it can't be so. Highway to Hell. Yeah, it can't be ACDC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, which one, uh, what is it? Dark Side of the Moon that goes with... Uh, Wizard, Wizard of Oz? Wizard yeah, of Oz. Yeah, yeah. I guess some, there has to be some metal equivalent to that. Uh, but what, okay, let's say maybe... Uh, Ooh, maybe we can do Mastodon Crack the Sky or something. Okay, hell yeah. yeah. The ve- excellent love choice. That record. Because we are actually, uh, that's another part of the Heavy Metal Movie Nights, Metal Movie Nights, is uh, we have Skinner, who does the artwork for Mastodon's last two albums, I believe. Really? And, and High on Fire's most recent album. Um, he works with them uh, regularly, and he, he's worked with us these last two nights. Uh, so in between the last... Um, in between Deathgasm, we showed a 10-minute short from him and then a High on Fire video that he had done. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, that's so he's in- a filmmaker as yeah, well he, as well, a- he does, there's a company called Hey Beautiful Jerk, um, and they're a production company, and they also work with, uh, I believe they work with Adult Swim and a couple other companies. Very nice. But um, they do Mastodon's uh, background imagery for their mm-hmm. tours and stuff cool. and some of their videos so i believe if i get it you know i don't know exactly but i believe skinner does the artwork and then they animate it um so he does the solid prints and then they're able to kind of manipulate it you know via whatever yeah computer, animation Who knows? yeah um so then like again for tonight uh we're gonna show where it's gonna go budfoot which is the other movie tonight yeah which just won awards at cinepocalypse for best short film that um, did, yeah. and that's got uh, uh, Skinner in it um, he plays uh, Joe Carver who uh, <laughs> is a toy maker and one of his toys come to life and try to kill him um, classic story yeah and then uh, the guy that plays Budfoot is Henry and he plays uh, I forget what his name is in um, um, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell oh, is, he okay, like a, yeah. is he like a chill Sasquatch or something that's why he calls Budfoot or um, is he just made of weed or something but he is made of weed <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do believe he is uh, uh, is a good portion of marijuana. Good. Yes. Uh Um, That's just convenient. But tonight, that's the other part that kind of makes it metal movie night is because we're going to show Budfoot. That's their 20-minute short film. Then after that, they were nice enough to send us over some um, Mastodon stuff. So we're going to show two short, um, a little uh, Crack the Sky film trailer for the... uh, 
what is uh, projected behind Mastodon for this tour that they're on right now. Mm -hmm. We're going to show a little trailer clip of that, like a three to four minute, just kind of, you know, uh, the imagery and music going along with that. Then we're also going to show the Sultan's Curse video. Yeah. Um, Cool. Because that's that's from, is that from Emperor of Sand? Yeah. And... I, you know, I just I just was thinking about it. Now that you mentioned that Mastodon's on tour. They're playing they're playing Crack the Sky in its entirety. They are, yeah. And that was fuck. That was ten years ago. Yeah. The last song on that album is also like thirteen minutes long. Yeah. And it's insane. I love I loved that. I I still I probably put that as my number one Mastodon. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Blood Mountain. Your Blood Mountain guy. I'm going Blood Mountain, but I love Crack the Sky. Do you have a favorite Mastodon album? Probably Remission. Remitch, really? Wow. Yeah. I like I mean, that. Not Leviathan, no, their first one. No, Remitch I like. Is there, I love how dirty. I, yeah, Remission's first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it Leviathan is second. It I love is very how, rough. Yeah, I love how dirty that one is. Yeah, it's yeah. got um, March of the Fire Ants on it. Yeah. Oh, they mother, sound a little bit more like Metallica back in that day. It's got Mother Puncher. Mother yeah. Puncher. Um, <laughs> back when they were just, just like jokes. They it, were just joking. It's around. just so heavy and low. Um, yeah, I would love to see them. Just do a show like that again. Have you seen them before? Oh, I've seen them a bunch. Okay, cool. I've seen That's them very good. Tons and tons. They're amazing band. Yeah, so you know yeah. what? Probably seen them twenty times. How wow. how did you get into have you how did you get into metal music? Um, probably through I would say Faith No More. Probably back in the day. Okay, uh, it's the gateway drug. Yeah, um, I was always into Nirvana uh, when I was younger. Um, I think my aunt tried to push Elvis on me, which lasted a little while. <laughs> Elvis is metal as shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did like Dream On from Aerosmith as a young boy. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I, Nirvana was a big thing for me. Um, yeah. The anger, the smells like teen spirit, and then like you realize, oh, there's... Um, you could there's other you know forms of heavy yelling and angry and oh, it's yeah, like yeah. and it's a condensed like it doesn't ever really get quiet if you don't want it to yeah um uh, but i really enjoyed faith no more um that the real thing album uh, i think it just was turned 30 like two days ago three days ago oh. um that album's huge it's got just crazy palm muting and thrashing sounds in the background of like really nice ambient like just has a, a really good dynamic to that mm-hmm. album but then like I just love that guitar tone so much that you just start looking around and just finding heavier and heavier and you know more you start hearing more double bass it's like yep mm-hmm. I need more of you that. gotta spiral down and down yeah until you get to Gojira yeah or something which I love Gojira, Gojira to, yeah. to tie it all back up yeah. yeah no I do I do like a little Gojira they're they're a really cool band um when it comes to music and movies you know it's I think it's really fun to pair those two things obviously yeah. with uh, I mean film and and music work together very nicely um you know it can one can really help the other out you know a lot of a lot of movies are known for their amazing soundtracks and and things like that um what originally inspired you to push these two things together by showing movies and also not just to have an event as you said before but uh curate this kind of experience where it's like yeah we're gonna listen to some music that'll get you into watching this this film um, I think it kind of can go back to bands a little bit. Um, Phantomus, uh, the director's cut, that album. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. No, it's, no. it's them doing uh, soundtracks. Probably came out late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and it's just such a focus on iconic soundtracks, but them being performed by a live band. And then they kind of take their liberty and kind of expand it and stuff like sure. that. Um, I think that really kind of started to 
make me focus on soundtracks and just music when it comes to movies also in general mm-hmm. um you know they covered the godfather on that they cover oh, uh, man. Wow. Hen- henry portrait of a serial killer um Ooh. they do all of that in this album in this. it's just called director's cut um and just you know kind of shows you um you know what what a soundtrack can do and what music can do for a movie it sounds um, like it can evoke so many things because you hear the Godfather theme and that you just, you're transported. You yeah. see you see the movie playing out in front of you without ever, ever looking at a screen. You yeah. just have it in your in your mind's eye. Yeah. Do you think that doing because there are people in the city who put on screenings and they do live scoring events where yeah. you know? Do you think that that could work? I would I would honestly love to do that. Um, you know, like I was just saying, Phantomus, uh, that would be my dream gig to book them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that album's actually coming up on, it'll be 20 years um, soon. Uh, try to hit them up, like, hey, you, know, yeah. you guys uh, want to perform Director's Cut with, like, clips of those movies that you're playing uh, going behind you? Ooh, I'd, you know? I'd definitely see that. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely like to, or even, you know, that would probably maybe need to go for more of the DIY. Yeah, I you was going to say, it'd probably be hard because metal's so loud and everything. Metal's you know, loud. That, Music Box did just have uh, Jacob Dylan do a surprise show last night. Yeah, so I, I did not now... <laughs> this is kind of a sidebar. Spill it, Tom. Uh, so obviously Jacob Dylan is Bob Dylan's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that he was A, in the Wallflowers. That was his band. Yes. And B, responsible for one of the most annoying songs of my youth. <laughs> that as well. I can't. What What was the song he's big for? Um, um, some uh, The one headlight. That song? One headlight. That's him? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, because that's the, that's the wallflowers. So, Damn I him. Mean, let's, it's yeah i couldn't i couldn't believe it because i heard jay you know they were he was there promoting the uh the echo canyon documentary which i was i was fascinated by i thought that was kind of cool but then i realized that this is him we're playing it <laughs> i mean yeah live it live it <laughs> come on it's just wow it's no. all intro yeah it's back in the 90s and you could have an intro That's just dangerous. There you go. Can you believe that that guy's fucking Bob Dylan's kid? Bob Dylan's out there singing about Herc, you know, uh, <laughs> was it? Here comes a story of the hurricane. Not like, being afraid of change, and then his son comes around 40 years later, he's, he's just like, like, I'm going to play pop country. I'm going to play this fucking bullshit. So. One headlight. That's fine. That's advocating fine. for uh, reckless driving, and I think that he is a mess. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, you could probably pull off a music event at the at the music box. I yeah, don't see why um, not. Yeah, I mean, they were able to do it last night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of up to them. I'm still, uh, you know, they're still letting me do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How no, many I, nights have you been at the music box? This is only the second yeah, one. The second okay. One. Yeah. Well, so. they're a great bunch over there. I think. Yeah. I think this is exactly the type of thing that uh, not only that I want happening. Yeah. At the in my city at all, and I think it's great that there's a there's an origin story on the south side. Yeah. Because so so much. So many things we think are uh, to a lot of people when they think of Chicago get so focused north. That I'm like, hey man, there's a lot of stuff happening on the south side. I mean, not only do you have this, you've got uh, Doc Films over at 
uh, University of Chicago down there. They're showing a lot of stuff. People, they're they're doing their own thing. There, there's film happening everywhere. Yeah, and it's not all just shooting episodes of Chicago Fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think one of those theaters might be the Siskel. Well, somebody's showing uh, Solo all weekend. Oh, oh what the God. fuck? <laughs> so oh, that's she, you know, that's tune just, in. That's just wrong. Go tune in for that, kiddies. Oh my God! <laughs> Can you believe that? That's a heavy metal movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've thought. Right. Of, trust me, it's. Uh, but that's like it. there's like a, sp- a specific genre of metal for that. I don't know. That's like Actually, I like think Norwegian death or something. And also, like anyone that shows up to that screening, I think you could just probably do a background check on them. And like, there's a war. yeah. Or you should at least, you know, they should at least have some type of search warrant done at the house. You need a, you need a metal detector <laughs> somebody to get into this might, heavy metal Somebody movie. might be tied up to a radiator in the basement. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> Just a fridge kidding. full of severed heads. Yeah. <laughs> that is very... I, I wanted to... I wanted to get one more question here about yeah what were some of, what were some of the movies that inspired you as a as a kid what when you were growing up you know uh maybe you're perusing the video store a lot of video nasties out there you know or maybe maybe we're watching disney movies i don't yep. know i'm always curious um i'd say more as a teenager it would have been uh ramiro's dawn of the dead okay. yeah yeah. Ramiro's Dawn of the Dead was huge, huge, huge for me. Um, it's kind of, and so same with Highway to Hell. It's kind of like a nightmare. Like, these type of movies that, like, it seems like you woke up the next day and you're trying to explain them to somebody, and, like, it's just not, like, I, I shook your hand, and then it turned to sand, and, and they're yeah. like, uh, what? I'm like, man, I don't want to hear about your damn dream, you know? And they, just, they, have these, they have these just feelings to them that are kind of, like, spooky and off. Um, I love those type of movies. Um but yeah, Ramiro's Dawn of the Dead is a big one. I love anything weird. Uh, Neighbors with Belushi and Aykroyd, where they mm-hmm. switch. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. They I have, sw- yeah. Um, that movie just feels like a weird dream the whole time. Um, the original Twilight Zone. Um, you know, I used to love Tales from the Crypt. Um, right. You know, I'm a Sven Gulli guy. Oh, there yeah, we go. Rich, Rich is a great... Rich Coase um, is a great dude. He's a very good dude. He, he is the reason, and Sven Gulli is the reason that I still love Logan's Run. You know, yeah. Um, just just weird off, you know, off the beaten path. Like, all right, you know, uh, I loved how Ramiro was so DIY. You know, like, yeah, he might have been backed by major studios, but if you look at the productions of what he was doing, it's like, yeah, that was him and a bunch of his stone friends just yeah. making zombie movies. <laughs> you know, you know what his first start was? What's that? Working on uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Really? Yeah, because really? because Mister Rogers' Neighborhood was originally uh, started in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Him and him, him and George Romero and uh, Mister Rogers, Fred Rogers, were like buds. They were just like, and then and then he goes off and uh, ma- using equipment that he actually borrowed from the television station to make Night of the Living Dead. Hmm. Um, but that's great. No, Very I think cool. Dawn of the Dead is definitely uh, a moment for a lot of people. Chris, have you ever yeah. seen Planet yeah. Terror? I have. Or no, and not Planet Terror. What's that movie that we saw at the Comfort Film? It's not Planet Oh, Project Nightmare? Project Nightmare. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. I feel like it's terrible. It's okay. terrible. Oh, but I think that you we'll would see. like it. But I think that you would like it. Plan- it's well, fun. Speaking of Planet Terror, though, that was one of the other movies that we were trying to do for uh, Metal Movie Night. I would be oh, in cool. for that. I'd be um, very in for Planet I believe Terror. that it was that stuff's tied up a little bit because it's, uh, what's this, Weinstein? Yeah, that's Weinstein mm-hmm. stuff. So all of this stuff is... I think I'm either tied up or a little boycotted or whatever. So yeah, yeah no, I and but. that's the interesting part. As as now that we're very, I mean, that's two years ago. 
Yeah. I want to say that that, that story, story broke, broke. Yeah. and it's, you know, it's been a very rough two years for a lot of people who have had to go through a lot of heartache and a lot of uh, very public heartache at that. But uh, as we get removed from it, I think people are really seeing how much, because, you know, folks are asking themselves, how does, how did Harvey Weinstein be, how could he possibly do that? Yeah. They're like, it's like unfathomable. It's like, how did fucking Harvey Weinstein, this like, I don't know, paunchy, oh, yeah. big yeah. dude just managed to sexually abuse people. And it's like, uh, I don't think we really understood just how powerful Harvey no. was. Like, I um, I recently read, uh, I'm reading Howard Stern's new book of interviews. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because he included Harvey Weinstein. And he said, he's like, oh, I wasn't sure if I would include it. But he's just like, I'm just putting it out there so people can see. And maybe they'll, you know, draw some lines and be like, oh, so he was talking about this. Like, he was... You know, uh, Howard Stern at one point in the interview straight up asked him, he's like, do you like get girls to give you blowjobs so that they'll get a part in your movies? And he like slides away from the question. Yeah. Yeah, He's just like, oh, no, that's oh, no, I'm very serious about my. That's not how we do it in the business. And now we know that that's exactly how he was doing it. But one of the interesting bits with Weinstein was uh, he talks about when he got the script for uh, Goodwill Hunting Mm -hmm. from Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's like, yeah, there's these two young actors, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, these two guys, and they're nobodies. And they just wrote this they wrote this great screenplay. Here, check it out. And uh, Harvey reads it, and he brings him in for a meeting. And he's like, yeah, I really love the script, except I don't really get this blowjob scene between Robin Williams and Peter Skarsgård. It seems completely out of place. <laughs> what? I know. It was in the script. And Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were like, you know, we've given this script to a million different – every studio in Hollywood – and you're the only one that's ever commented on that. They purposely put it in there to make sure that people were actually reading it. No, no one. Act- so Harvey Weinstein, very connected. He he knew everybody. He that guy was powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's a, it is a shame that you can't get Planet Terror or, or Death Proof. Death Proof's one of my right. all time yeah. favorites. It just shows the impact of you know you know. Uh, you be like, hey, I want to check this out. Mm, not right now. All not right, sounds right good, man. You know, yeah, someday, but someday. There's been plenty of other ones down the list, you know, and I, that's one thing we're trying to figure out is, uh, like I had mentioned, how brutal to keep it or fun or mm-hmm. this or that and the other. But I think as long as we keep the aspect of um, kind of, you know, party aspect and people can talk about the films, it doesn't have to be one specific genre. It's kind of just the idea of, you know, uh, people that like some heavy metal. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like some good beers. They can hang out, listen to music, talk about movies. You know, you ain't, you know it's something to do. You know, yeah. Somewhere to go. Like-minded people. And, and it gives you tonight. The, yeah, it's tonight. You can go tonight. It's over at the Music Box. Um, how, mu- how much is it going to cost? It's it's $9. $9. So you're telling me for $9, I can walk into the music box. I can go into the lounge. I can enjoy, you know, I can uh, go to a bar that is fully stocked with three Floyd's beer. I can listen to some heavy metal. And then I can watch a awesome short. Yeah, basically a double feature. A short, some Mastodon stuff. Yep. And then Ben and Jerry Stiller in hell. Yes, for $9. I'm I'm in. I I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, where can people follow uh, Metal Movie Nights? Uh, Metal Movie Nights, mostly on Instagram. I still haven't figured out how to get all the Facebook stuff. Uh, there's Twitter, too. It's all yeah. it's all the regular social media stuff. I would say we're more active on Instagram. Yeah, I followed you on Instagram last night, and yeah. uh, it's it's a great it's a great thing. It's great to follow people. Is you, should, it, you should follow you. it. You should is follow it, them. Is it weird you. that I definitely, once I found, once I found you guys... Um, 
I was just like scrolling back. I was like, where has this been? Where has this content been all my life? <laughs> Thank I you. Was, it was very good. No, so, good. Thank you. Uh, again, Chris Larkin from Metal Movie Nights. It's happening tonight. You're hearing this tonight. Special Saturday episode. Go check it out. $9. Heavy Metal. Beer. Highway to Hell. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. <laughs> George Costanza's dad. <laughs> the first word in terror. The first word in terror. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been another episode of NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. Plus. Uh, we are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we will see you all next time. <laughs>